our sponsors. The Finkley Experience, an educational consulting firm that specializes in first-generation education and which prepares high school students for college. For more information, visit their website at thefinkleyexperience.com. Father to Father Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that strengthens families through father engagement with a goal to help men in our communities to be great dads. For more information, visit their website, fathertofatherinc.org. Ablaze Entertainment. The goal of Ablaze is to take emerging artists and develop them to the next level of their career. For more information, visit their website at ablazeentertainment.net. Thank you. It's Danny Guevara's Nina on First Wives Club, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. On the next Michael Finkley from Fox's Next Level Chef, we have Chef Daryl Taylor with us as he talks about his experience on the show and talks about his 17-year journey when it comes down to kitten failure. Next Finkley. So y'all think fam, y'all know I love me some good food, right? I ain't get this big without eating, you know. Southern stuff is fun. I love eating the mashed potatoes, the chicken, and the, the smother cover, this, that, and the other. But I'm learning in this day and time, at this age, to kind of slow down on those things because so many things run rapid in my family when it comes down to diabetes and when it comes down to cancer and other things that affect the black community. I want to live a little bit longer, Fink Fam, and I hope that you do as well. And I tell you, this interview with Chef Daryl Taylor just opened my eyes to so many different things. He, yes, he talks about his amazing experience on Fox's Next Level Chef, but he also gives us life, lesson when, life lessons when it comes down to our health. So I'll tell you, Think Fam, another interview you don't want to miss. Don't you dare go away. Back in a moment. Coming out, we have Chef Daryl Taylor with us. Back in a moment. Marcus Brandon, you might have seen me as Diedrich on Mayor of Kingstown, and I'm right here sitting with you on the Michael Fingley Show. On the next Michael Fingley, we have from ABC's All My Children, we have Esta Trablage with us as she talks about her experience on the soap opera and her wanting to go back into this amazing industry. Big fam, don't you dare miss the show. Next Fingley. Hello everybody, it's Finkley from the Finkley Experience. We're an educational consulting firm that specializes in first-generation education. So we assist students with their college and career endeavors. We train school administrators on the state of first-generation students. And also, we partner with colleges and universities to assist their first-generation population for easy transition from high school to college. 
So if you're looking for a presenter or speaker that presents on these topics and so much more, visit our website at thethinkleaxperience.com and learn about all that we do. We're looking forward to working with you. Now, y'all, my next guest, I know you've seen him on Fox's Next Level Chef. He's none other than Chef Daryl Taylor. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am super, super, well, fantastic. Yeah, that sounds fun. wonderful. That's great, great. And not everyone can say that. You got that right. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. Even in my good, I still, even in my bad, I still have to say it. Exactly. Yeah, because we're yeah. blessed to even still be here. You got that right. Yeah, you got that right. Yes, sir. And I know that you know a lot about that, but we're going to get to that more in our interview as well. So let's go back to your ruts, right? As my people say here in South Carolina, your ruts. So you have a combination of um, Memphis, Tennessee, right? Atlanta, all up in that that all the, the those different tastes and seasonings. Exactly. <laughs> How did this you Get to the level Let's imagine of the cuisine. <laughs> See now you got me hungry, Chef. Um, how did you get me? How did you get to the level of wanting to pursue this art when it comes to food? I would say my mom. Growing up, watching her in the kitchen, uh, I, I say shucking and jiving, uh, just cooking. You know, she was like a food chemist when it came to cooking. You know. And I would just stand back and watch her. And so many times she would run me out of the kitchen. Get your way. I won't say the words she would say. You know, you know how your parents are. Uh-huh, that part. We know that all too well. <laughs> you know, nothing would keep me out of the kitchen with my mom. Just love to see her cook. Just I wanted to be the one to lick the pots. In the pans when she was making a cake, you know, I would be the one to get the the cake batter off of the uh, the mixer. That was me. Just love to be in there. I love that. So is yeah. that when is that when you developed a palate for seasonings and foods doing those experiences? I, I would have to say, yeah, yeah. You know, um, just always wanted to be. I was a mom's boy, you know. Just wanted to, yeah, just wanted to be around her. Yeah. And uh, in spite of her chasing me out of the kitchen, I always end up back in there, you know. And finally, she just let me stay in there. Who knew? Only God would know that this would be uh, what I would find uh, my total passion uh, when it came to cooking, you know. Uh, such an art, you know, and a ministry for me. I'm so glad you said that. It is. It yeah. is a ministry. You know, I've I've interviewed so many different artists and actresses and actors um, that are in their passion as well. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how, you know, music soothes the soul for them. Yeah. Or, you know, in their passions, they're like, you know, it's, it's their getaway. What has food done for you over these many years as you're doing this? Even in the times of, you know, depression and all these things life we go through I would always find myself running to the kitchen cooking baking cookies or whatever you know and uh, what happens when you 
start cooking all this crap. We tend to eat it all, you know? And that was so mean, you know? That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Part two. Part two. Okay. (laughs) So, I I, I don't know. I forgot the question. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Just what has food done for you all these many years? How does it make you feel as you're in the craft? As you actually do? I was uh, speaking in terms of uh, uh, cooking when you're depressed and not even realize um, you're depressed and you're finding yourself cooking, but it would comfort me. Comfort me. Cooking. You know, I'm putting so much love into whatever I'm preparing. And uh, this thing, a level of enjoyment. I can't even describe it, you know. I just love what I do. Yeah. And I love tell you, Chef, love. Chef, I tell you, it shows. It shows. Oh, it really does. And just, you know, watching you on the show and reading your bio and just following you since, you know, I'm like, I know who he is now, right? Uh, you have done so many different things. You've cooked for many famous individuals, you know, the Grammys and Samuel L. Jackson and Nene Lee Lakes. And I'm just like, wow. This man loves what he does. He's spreading the love. At what point in your life did you realize, you know what? I can do this and make money. Yeah. You know, um, you know, growing up in Memphis, I um, ventured out and um, went opened a banquet hall um, years ago. And uh, it was old bankers hours. Um Memphis, uh, downtown Front Street. And uh, Memphis was so not ready back then. This was like maybe 1998 or nine, you know. And so now I think it would be ready for it, you know. I was so uh, ahead of my time, you know. I had a 10,000 square foot banquet facility, very posh, very upscale. And I was only like maybe 20, 20 years of age. If that, you know, uh, who at the age of 20 back then was, I think I was paying like $4,800 a month at the age of like 20 years of age. And uh, a lot of my friends would say, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I believe God, I'm, it's going to happen. I'm, it's going gonna, it's gonna to all work out. And it did, you know, and eventually I closed and I moved to Atlanta and, um, Coming here and um, seeing the opportunity, seeing so many people like myself advancing. And I'm like, whoa, this is where I need to be. I came here to visit and didn't want to leave. I was like, whoa, I got to go back. And so I did. I came here, uh, unpacked, found a place, and I've been here ever since to, uh, 98, I think, and uh, has made it my home. And to see uh, so many African-Americans uh, in this industry advancing and uh, and doing so well with it. So I decided to, hey, let me step out by faith. And so I did. Uh, it, I was reading an article in the uh, creative uh, magazine. Shirley Franklin was running for mayor. And I thought, mm, let me reach out to her and see if I can do some things for her. And I reached out to her and uh, hooked up with her campaign manager. And uh, the rest was history. 
I did like 80% of her fundraisers. And from then on was the start of my, my company. In the midst of all of that, my mom had passed and I took all of the breathing and all that energy and applied it to the start of Epicurean drama. And here I am. We forget that at times that even in the midst of grief, breathing, yes. that those dark times, there's still a blessing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad you found that blessing because now again, you share that blessing with the world. You share that gift with the world. And we're so, yeah. so excited mm-hmm. that, that you do that in this day and time. We're excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I was grieving so hard. And so I applied all of that all those emotions and you know how grief is. Oh yeah. And applied it to the business for a whole year. And after that year celebrating her first year anniversary, I just completely broke, sobbed like a baby because it just physically hit me that my mom was no longer in this physical realm, you know, and, uh, Still miss her, but I know that she's with me every breath and every step. That's a whole nother story. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but I, must, I must ask, though, how are you still trying to make her proud of you? Ah. By cooking. Um, again, I, I mentioned that this is a ministry. My heart is in this. My mom's heart was in everything she prepared. And I never really got it uh, back then, but I still get it now. Um, she cooked with so much love and um, passion and uh, enjoyed everything that she prepared. And just to see people um, sit and enjoy the things that she prepared, uh, just as I do. It, um, I get so much from it, you know, to see someone sit and enjoy and say, oh, my God, what did you use in this? You know, they can't quite understand. But I would say most of it is love. Mm-hmm. It's the love yeah. that you uh, apply into every single dish that you create. Uh, it's like creating something magical. And anyone, just like with um, a vocalist. Anyone can take a song and sing it and uh, they can take lyrics and uh, and sing. But uh, we all come up with our own um, rendition. Mm-hmm. Same as with uh, cooking. It's such a creative art. And uh, for me, not only are you just getting something uh, um, that tastes amazing, but it's all in the presentation. That's why they call me Chef Drama. Um, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, and what? The thing, is, the thing is, you know, I'm a full service catering service. So when you come to an event that I'm catering, it's more than just bland or boring food displayed on a table. It's about the presentation. You walk into the room and you see the buffet and you think, oh, wow. And a lot of my clients, they may come to an event and say, who's the caterer? They may already know when they look at the presentation, oh, Chef Drama's got to be here. 
He's got to be here. Who's the caterer? They know because we give you wow. Wow factor when you walk into, you know, a venue and see the display. And that's what it should be. Right. I was, I was just about to say that. You want to uh-huh. wow them because you want them wanting more. Right. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 And my clients get it, you know. And even when they come to me and, you know, the price point may not be right, you know, but they, but I don't want to use anyone else because no one is going to give me what you're going to give me. Exactly. You know, and uh, I just love what I do. I can't even explain it. I got you. But I must say, with that love, right, we were able to see that love for what you on season two of Fox's Next Level Chef. Next Level Chef. Now, word on the street is that when you first heard about that idea, you said no. Yeah, I did. You know, uh, my, my um, content guy came to me and said, hey, would you like to do a reality show? I'm like, no. And said again, and it's like the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, well, what is it about? I said, well, what is it about? Hey, God. Right. And he said, well, it's a reality show and it's going to be shot in this secret location. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And then I said, well, who's it with? And he says, oh, it's with Gordon Ramsay. I'm like, hell yeah. Sign me up. I said, you're joking. I'm like, what? Are you serious? So that and, was the uh, deal breaker for you. Right. I'm like, you ain't gonna sign me up. Because I thought it was a joke, you know. And um, sign me up. And so he says, is it okay to give them your number? I said, please do. So I guess within a few hours or so, I got a call. And they were explaining to me that I was chosen. And they had like 25,000 people that uh, submitted applications. And out of 25,000, I was one of the ones of top 25 and i'm like wow so i knew i'm like god even when i was told that i was like thank you, jesus mm-hmm. and the reason i said thank you jesus is because many years ago when gordon ramsay first came into the scene i spoke these words i said lord i sure would like to do his show it wasn't next level chef it was he only had one show then I said, because he wouldn't talk to me crazy like that. Yeah. And uh, he would go on his show and he talking to you crazy. And uh, I'll have to tell you, you know, I think we all were kind of um, overtaken and um, just because uh, Gordon is something else, you know. <laughs> Anyone knows him knows he's something else. Yeah, so but I hear um, that he's different. He, he's really yeah, yeah, he's really a, a really great guy. But I do know he cooks with passion. All of that his image is it's for ratings, but the same thing is one thing I do know, he loves what he does. And the things that he says, I'm thinking the same thing. You're thinking the same thing. You may not voice it. He just says it. I'm like, did he really just say that? You know, but it was such a fun experience. You know, 
who gets a chance of a lifetime like that? Exactly. And the platform, exactly. platform, exactly. you know? Yeah. And uh, even before I even got the show, I was working on a keto barbecue sauce because yeah. I'm from Memphis. So barbecue is in my genes. And so I'm like, only God would set up the fact that I would get a transplant, boom, transplant, going Ramsey calls. I'm working on the barbecue sauce. It's like, no, no, no. Really, Jesus? What set all of that up? You know, and uh, we're not even talking about me being a 17-year dialysis patient yeah. that have recently got a transplant, kidney transplant, exactly. three, three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, almost mind-blowing uh, because otherwise I would not have been able to do the show because I would have to do tra- dialysis daily. And uh, so grateful to God that I have been successfully transplanted with a new kidney. And uh, isn't that amazing? It's amazing. All those things were just set up. Everything was ordained um, that I would be able to go and be on this national syndicated show, season two, you know. And I'm just grateful that I actually got an opportunity to be a part of it. Exactly. You know, so, so grateful. And, what did uh, you what did you learn about yourself? So this is your Louisiana girl Denise Boutte coming at you on the Michael Finkley show. And you guys may know me from Why Did I Get Married as the really sweet girl Trina or maybe Miss Browns as Sasha. But I'm coming at you guys from the great state of California, but originally from Louisiana, because you know I can't lose that Southern girl, baby. Alright, you guys stay tuned to Michael Finkley. Don't go away, we'll be like that. Hey, Thin Fam, it's Michael Finkley here, and you can watch the Michael Finkley Show every Monday on YouTube. Don't you dare forget to subscribe. Welcome to Father to Father. The mission of Father to Father Charleston, South Carolina is to help fathers in the low country area of South Carolina to be a positive and consistent presence in their children's lives. Father to Father provides community-based programs and support groups for fathers free of charge. They also help fathers connect to other resources they need so they can meet their responsibilities and secure their parental rights. Father to Father offers job coaching and employment connections that benefit fathers. Father to Father is a resource for local organizations that want to provide family support and father services. If this program is a fit for you, visit our location in North Charleston, South Carolina and meet our friendly staff here to help and assist. Or visit our website at fathertofatherinc.org. And what did you what did you learn about yourself during this entire experience being on the show? Ah. Uh. I would say it, it taught me um, a, 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 a level of patience, uh, in a sense, because I'm not the most patient person. Um, a lot of us are not, and especially coming out of COVID, uh, 
I think that alone has taught a lot of us about ourselves, uh, actually. But um, it has taught me to live, uh, laugh, have fun every single day, take nothing for granted. And if anyone knows that, I should know um, that life is not uh, promised to us. And um, take every day at stride and um, let nothing stop you, you know, and dream big, dream, not just dream big, but pray more, pray big prayers and be more specific and more detailed when you pray. That's one thing I learned from my near-death experience. And I know that's getting off of your question, but uh, I have to talk about this because that's one of the reasons Definitely. I've been, uh, I would say, awarded this opportunity, these opportunities, this platform. It's a talk um, about my overall experiences uh, from being a 17-year dialysis patient, having a near-death experience December 3rd, 2012, having a grandma seizure, had never had one before, and to go through the whole um, uh, process of dying and uh, not even knowing that I would get to come back to this physical realm of life that we call life. And uh, even when I uh, was spiraling out uh, that that date, December 3rd, 2012, I thought, why am I seeing what I did yesterday? Because uh, this slideshow from the day of conception to the day of death, which was December 3rd, 2012. And I'm like, why am I seeing all this stuff? And I'm like, whoa. And uh, like being in a washing machine, imagine being in a washing machine on spin cycle mm -hmm. and uh, you're seeing your life going very fast, but backwards, backwards, but slow enough, fast, it's fast, but it's slow enough for you to understand. And you're seeing your whole life. I'm like, oh my God, what am I seeing all this? Oh, and then it's like a light bulb went, gone, went off and said, I thought, you're dying. And then I'm thinking all these shoulda, woulda, couldas, all these things that I wanted to do, all these things, tangible things, all these things that I took for granted, like going walks, walking the dog, doing this, treating people, all this stuff. Uh, little things that you take for granted. The sun, the moon, all these things. And I'm like, oh my God. But then I'm realizing I'm, I'm not going to get to do those things anymore. And uh, what an experience and uh, being shown so much stuff. And then people that I had hurt because I'm not perfect. None of us are. I had to feel the pain that I caused these people because I had never repented for those things. So I had to feel the pain that I caused individuals. And here I am standing before God saying, oh, my God, I didn't know I hurt this person so bad. And. Uh, it was like nails being drug across my heart. What pain. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't hurt. know I hurt this person so bad. And say, yes, my child, you must feel the pain that you caused them. And I'm like, oh my God, 
And then various things that I had gone through, like celebrities that I had encountered. And I used to wonder why and how did I get involved with various people? And God was showing me it was your specific and detailed prayers. Everything we pray and everything we ask of God, he hears us. And I'm like, whoa, you mean uh, the book? Yes, you you encountered this person because you asked, but you didn't ask specifically that this happened, but you asked that you. And so that's why we have to be very specific and very detailed when we pray. Final part of my slideshow was him, him, him showing me being buried. And I thought, oh, my God. I didn't want to be buried. I wanted to be cremated. And uh, uh, the final thing was, I was, I was asked three questions. Will you do my work? And I said, I acted like I didn't hear the first time. The second time, will you do my work? I said, but I'm not even educated for that. I'm not educated for that. Third time, will you do my work? I said, but I'm gay. How can you use me? How can you use me? Because I just felt so um, unworthy. Unworthy. And God said to me, it's your heart that I see. It's your heart that I see. It's only your heart. And I'm like, huh? It's my heart. And then I'm thinking, all these people that have lived this life that I lived and that have died, has died. And uh, and then they go through the, the slideshow of their life and then they're long, that's it. And uh, and then they're shown all these things. And, uh, and I thought, wow, they buried their dreams, all these things and they felt so unworthy. And uh, that's mind blowing that I would get to come back and it wasn't for me to get to come back and uh, and get anything right. It was to come back living and uh, learn to love and accept myself as he does. And that is the one thing that totally freed me. Um, and then sending me to a church, Visions Cathedral Church. Um, and that is the mind-blowing thing because I was told to go to Visions Church. I was being led while I was living pre-death and I never went by sending me vessels that would invite me to this particular church and I wouldn't go. And I was God leading and I didn't pay any attention. But when I died, I was shown I was leading you and you didn't take lead. I was, wow! It was mind-blowing. And, uh, it's amazing. And so bottom line was, uh, after being able to get in to come back, not knowing I was going to get to come back, um, that we had to select somebody to sit in the room with me because I had this grandma seizure. And so the young lady I chose, her name was Joan James. I don't even think she was a real vessel. She seemed so angelic. So I looked at her and I said, what are you reading? She was reading something on a computer. And she said, I'm reading the Bible. And I said, you're reading the Bible? Read me some scriptures. And so she began to read. And whatever, I can't remember the scriptures, but it, it penetrated me. 
heart. And I just began to speak in tongue in the hospital room and just start praying. And she just started crying. And she said, um, have you heard of the Visions Cathedral Church? And I said, oh, yes, I've heard of it. She said, that's where the Lord wants you. And I said, oh, my God. I said, okay. And I'm like so scared. Because I'm like, it's like supernaturally. It's like, oh, I was already told that when I died. Now this lady is telling me I need to go to this church. And he, and then I still probably wasn't going to go. God knows you. Because he knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. So, And so while she's telling me that, somebody knocks on the door. And there was this guy that was a member of this church I used to be a member of. And he walked in. And I, I don't know if he was with food service. He was with some, some department of the hospital. I said, hey. He recognized me. He said, hey, how are you? He said, I haven't seen you in a while. I said, what church are you at? He said, I'm at the Visions Cathedral. And I looked at Joan, and she laughed. She said, Spirit of the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord wants you at the Visions Cathedral. I was told when I died, Visions Cathedral. She told me Visions Cathedral. And then he walks in and tells me Visions Cathedral. And so I was paralyzed. I had to learn to walk again after this death experience. And so I guess maybe two months later, I learned to walk, and uh, I finally went there. And uh, and I joined, I think, the first Sunday. And it, it, the services just, like, spoke directly to me. And uh, it was a matter of me learning to embrace and learn to learn myself just as God loved me. And uh, all the other stuff removed from my head and to learn to accept and love myself just as God did because he only sees the heart. Now, he allowed me to die. To learn all of this stuff, to come back and tell others. And then when I went to the show, the show was very hard. And me being a former dialysis patient, I had to run and grab that food. And all. That was hard for me. I'm like, Jesus. The first segment, I went to my hotel room and I got on my knees and I prayed. I said, Lord, why would you send me all the way here to do this show? This is hard. This is hard. And you know what God told me? Remember the assignment. Because I had an assignment. Because when I was fighting not to come back, I said, I was like, no, because I was scared because of this, all this stuff, uh, the homosexuality and the death part and all that. I was scared, uh, fearing of hell until God said, I love you. I created you in my image. It's only your heart that I say. I was like, oh my God, really? And so all of that just went away. I was scared up until then. And uh, when my mom greeted me and everything to let me know she was with me every breath and every step. Because death is not bound. There's a whole nother spiritual realm that we can't even see. When you lose your loved ones and stuff, they're right there within realm. They're right there. They're right there. Cheering you on, baby. And I was like, whoa, I experienced it all. Oh, Jesus. And um, what an incredible experience. But when I when I was speaking to uh, the point when the show was so hard, I said, Lord, why would you have me come all the way here? And said, so remember the assignment, because the assignment was I was fighting not to come back. I said, 
you must tell him my amazing power and my goodness. That's what I was told when I was fighting that to come back. That you must go back. I was like, but no, why? Said, there's more work for you. You must tell him my amazing power, my goodness. So when I'm in London, because that's where the show was filmed, I was there for about a month and uh, said, I was told you must tell about amazing power. I said, I'm crying out to God. So remember the assignment. And that was the assignment. I was like, no way. You would bring me all the way here on a major platform to tell my story. And so every chance I got, I told this story. They edited a lot of it out, but I did my part was to tell it, to tell it. And wherever I go, I will tell it because I know that this is just the beginning. Oh, yeah. This is just the beginning. You have nothing yet. (laughs) No, I only touched the surfaces of it. I tell you, I tell you, Chef, as you were talking, you know, all these different things running through my mind. You have been through a lot. You know, you have survived a lot. Um, And he made me think about my own life, too, because I just lost my father. Um, He had um, kidney failure. He was on that for only a month. um, I'm sorry, a year and some change. And on top of that, he had cancer. So he was doing this and chemo all at the same time. That's a lot. um, Yes. And in less than two, Mm -hmm. he was gone. He passed away. A day before Father's Day last year. Oh wow! And I must say that your your testimony is encouraging. Mm-hmm. That's why I was I literally had to weep because you know so many people are going through so many different things and they're they are thinking that they're in it by themselves. But you saying this aloud, saying if I can get through it. You can get through it, right? Day by day, yeah. you can have those good ty- those good days and bad days. But at the end of the day, you're not by yourself, right? Not by yourself. And I'm not going to say that it was the easiest thing. Yeah. It was very hard, but it it, it took much prayer, mm-hmm. much prayer, you know. And um, and I have to tell you this: your father is so proud of you, Michael. You must know that. And you have to know every breath you take and every step you take, he's right there pushing you. So, Michael, you got this. <laughs> you got this. And you do. You do. You're so right. I hear him. Mm-hmm. I hear him. And he says that. You got it, son. Mm-hmm. Got it. You got it. Uh-huh. You know, and just those are just words of confirmation. But before we go, could you tell us how we can stay in contact with you via social media. Sure. You can uh, find me on Instagram, uh, Daryl Taylor, Chef Drama. Uh, same as Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. That name still cracks me up. <laughs> our state representative, District 92, Angela Moore, she gave me that name, Chef Drama. And I've been using it ever since. So, thanks. Chef, I mean, I was going to say, thanks, Chef. She is a chef, really. Um, in her own right, you know, Angela Moore, District 90 of uh, here in um, Atlanta, Georgia. What an awesome individual that gave me that name, Chef Drama. I've been using it ever since. So Daryl Taylor, Chef Drama, Instagram, Facebook, Daryl Taylor 7 
uh, Twitter. And also, um, how else can you find me? Uh, DarylTaylor.com uh, to book me for catering. And then Epicurean Drama is the name of my catering service. EpicureanDrama.com. That's E-P-I-C-U-R-E-A-N.com. Daryl Taylor. And also, you can also go to Kicking Country Keto. Oh, I had the bottle turned wrong. Kicking Country Keto, which is a barbecue sauce line that's coming out. It'll be out in the next week or so. Uh, but we're already taking orders and uh, it'll also be Amazon uh, within maybe uh, a week or two. And also soon, I'll give those dates. It'll be Kroger, Target, um, Walmart, and a few other stores very soon. So stay tuned. You can follow follow me on all social media outlets and you'll see um, all um, areas where you can pick those sauces up. At all stores. I love it. I love y'all. Fam. He has a lot going on. Definitely go follow him. His information in the description below. And definitely check out Fox's Next Level Chef on Thursdays on Fox. Thank you so much, Chef, for being uh, with us. We appreciate you. And I feel like I didn't say enough about Next Level Chef <laughs> on Fox and Hulu. They can always check their local listings. I've enjoyed yeah. you. Thanks for having me, Michael. Hey guys, it's your girl Rama Montakabi, aka Peaches, on the hit show BMF on Stars, and you are watching the Michael Finkley Show. Hey, did you get your merch yet? Your Michael Finkley merch. Visit our website, MichaelFinkleyShow.com, and click Finkley Store. You won't be disappointed, I'm telling you. Mm, that's good. I gotta come talk to you about your mindset. This is the most important thing when you're trying to be successful, when you're trying to live your day-to-day -day life, when you're trying to overcome any obstacles. For those who have suffered from mental health, depression, etc., this right here is the most important thing. You have to control your thoughts. In the everyday life, you got to be able to control your thoughts and let your thoughts take you to where you want to be. Because your thoughts control your feelings and your feelings control your actions. And I always say this, and I say this because me being a person who consistently beat depression every day, beat worry and stress every day, is all got to do with me working on my mindset. So you have to work on your mindset. You have to make sure your mind is strong. I just said, if you in, in life, what you have to do is make sure you're mentally tough and not just physically tough. Like, yeah, it's cool that you can, that you're strong and that you can live and you can do all these things. But if your mind is not there, when life hits you, you will not be able to survive. It's some places that you have to go mentally that physically you can't go. Some things you just can't handle physically. Some things physically, no matter how strong you is, won't take you over the top. You have to be able to get there mentally. You got to be able to be mentally strong when obstacles come. Because challenges are going to come. Life is going to hit you. And when you are said and done, when everything is settled down, when you alone, 
your thoughts run and you have to be able to control your thoughts and not let them eat you alive. You got to be able to make your thought work for you and not your thoughts eating you out. And a lot of times in life that I learned is us as people let our thoughts eat us out. We let them control us and let it overtake us, overtake what we want to do, overtake our feelings, overtake our dreams, overtake our goals and put fear in us. You can't do that. So control your thoughts. I'm Joey Marie Urbina, and I play Yamara in Snowfall, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. On the next Michael Finkley, we have from ABC's All My Children, we have Esther Trablage with us. And she talks about her experience on the soap opera and her wanting to go back into this amazing industry. Big fam, don't you dare miss the show next Finkley. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. I hope that you learned something from this amazing interview. Thank you so much, Chef Taylor, for being with us and just giving us your wisdom and your knowledge of the industry of being a chef, but also when it comes down to life lessons for our own health, I'm telling you, we're going to keep in contact. He's going to be my coach on just different things that I can do better with my health. And I'm telling you, I'm ready for the journey. So thank you for that and opening my eyes and my ears to my healthy future. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Finkley Show. Ring that buff notification. We'll see you in email saying, hey, new content's available. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more information about what we do, visit our website, michaelfinkleyshow.com. Of course, again, you can listen to us on CTR Media Network. Think fam. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one.